Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's time to assess Villa's result against Sheffield United before previewing their next match against Chelsea on Sunday at Villa Park. Danny, my good friend, how are you doing today? Cole, I'm good. I am good. I'm 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 sat in my parents' uh, living room watching football as I will be every single evening from this day forth. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I'm feeling good. It feels like a tremendous hole has been filled in my heart, man. What about you? Uh, no, I couldn't agree more with that. It uh, it feels nice. Uh, it's kind of weird with the kickoff times. Um, it's like 1 p.m. here when Villa played Sheffield United. So working away, looking at my iPad in between uh, little breaks here and there to see what's going on. But uh, no, it's good to have it back. It's good to see uh, the interaction live and well um, within Twitter and all those social media platforms. It's just good to have general discussion that we can talk about. And it's actually relevant, not things that happened 90 plus days ago. No, tell me about it. Tell me about it. It's not because I even I think loads of people just kind of stopped talking about. Football. Well, look, I think, you know, with everything that's been going on in the world, we've had a lot of obviously like we, 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 we've we've as as humanity, we have focused on some really important issues. And I think in a way, sport having its departure has kind of helped that, you know, in a way, I think I think a lot of us have been kind of focused, had our eyes open to to a lot of these issues. Um, and I think. It was good to see that, you know, continued that discussion continued by the footballers as well as soon as uh, as soon as everything came back. So, I mean, kind of like I know I'm kind of going into this now, but the players taking a kneel at the start of the game, uh, just beautiful to see. Um, and obviously, I don't quite know where I'm going with this, I suppose. But like, I think I think I think I think I think. <laughs> I think with that that period off, with that break, I think it's been a time for introspection. It's been a time for learning for everybody. But um, you know, with, with with football back, I guess uh, the lesson to take from it is that we um, I shouldn't forget about all of that. Yeah, I, I think uh, just to touch on that briefly, I think all of this uh, pandemic stuff um, and all of the issues going on globally with uh, the campaign that's going on right now, I think it's put kind of stock on everyone's life and. Essentially, we can all realize now how truly, really, how truly screwed up some things are. And even though we look at some things in history in the past, um, and we kind of look at those as disgraceful acts, uh, some of those really just haven't changed too much. But anyways, we won't get uh, really too much into that. It's really not a podcast about that. Let's get uh, briefly into the uh, match review here for Aston Villa nil. Sheffield United nil Villa somehow escape with a draw here when I think we can all agree Danny it definitely shouldn't have been yeah 100% um I think that 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 ball going in was was interesting to say the least wasn't it I don't think we've ever seen anything like that in our lives I think 9,000 matches or something Hawks I claimed um had taken place without without that mistake happening and this time i think i think it just kind of took us all by shock didn't it because my initial reaction was certainly that it went in but you know if the if the buzzer doesn't beep you're it's not a goal right like i think that's that's the initial thing it's like my eyes must be deceiving me 
Yeah, hundred percent. It's a it's an extremely weird one if you've been living under a rock. Um, essentially, what happened was the the ball went into the net for Sheffield United, uh, went across Nylon, basically carried into his own net and uh, kind of leaned against the post to cover up like it never happened. Uh, you think technology would have caught that, but somehow it didn't. Um, and with that being said, even goal line technology didn't catch that. So um, it's an interesting one, like you said, Danny. There's been so many instances where um, goal line technology um, has proven to be a useful tool. And probably for one of the first times in its history, it's completely done the opposite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think there was a lot there was a lot of shock from people, a lot of kind of I think the the first thing that people question is, well, how come VAR can't look back at that? Well, VAR it's not in the rules of VAR for them to for for them to look back at that because VAR uh, isn't allowed to be called in if you're unsure whether the ball has crossed the line. That's what goal line technology is for. Um people were questioning the accuracy of it. Well, again, Cole, the the, the thing is and I understand Sheffield United feeling hard done by because they were absolutely hard done by. It's mm-hmm. you know it's 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 no question, no question. They should have got that goal, and you know, likelihood would have been on the been that they that they'd have gone on to win. But um, technology is flawed. Technology is all technology is flawed. Yeah, no, Everything. I think you and me had this dis- uh, discussion on your Twitter. Um, I think it was. When, well, yeah, I think it was Wednesday when we did your little pre-match or post-match chat mm, on your mm, Twitter. Mm. And I think I said even then that essentially, and we all know this, technology is created by humans. Humans are imperfect. Therefore, technology essentially is the same. Everything is, I guess, can have a false result, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It happens. Nothing's perfect. If you look at sport... It's a results business. Not everything's going to happen at a at a perfect efficiency of what everyone wants and expects. Mm, it's unfortunate mm. for this to happen. It's unfortunate it was the first game back for the Premier League um, during this pandemic. Um, so I think that draws an even greater view on it because you had basically most Premier League fans in general probably watching this game just to watch football. And it- so I think that probably intensifies it even more but anyways continue <laughs> i was gonna say like, it went it went off but it was delayed right i think that's the yeah story. i think it went on at half time and when when the the referee was in the uh well, in their their dressing room essentially so i think like one more question on this to you cole actually like a lot of my friends um were messaging me talking about this um and they were what they were saying well should uh, should Sheffield United be given that goal back in hindsight? Should the game maybe at half time once that buzzer's gone off, should it be restarted from that point? No, I. There's so many. See, like if they would have done that at halftime, I don't think it would have been as big as an issue if it was full time. But I don't know. I for like for some reason for me, if even if that was Villa with that opportunity and it, somehow it was disallowed. And then they gave it to us. Yeah, I'd be happy, but still some part of me would still feel uncomfortable with it, if you know what I mean. It just, it's, football is an imperfect game. Most sports are. And I think most of us, well, hopefully most of us has kind of have come to terms with that with all our time of supporting whatever sport, whatever team. Um, So with that being said, you have people, former referees coming out in the media saying, 
oh, like this game should be replayed. Some people saying bring it on. Villa fans saying bring it on and we'll essentially win it, which I yeah. don't know if I want to replay that. But <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, think, I think people's assumption is like now that VAR has been brought into the game, everything has got to be perfect. Every decision has got to be 100% right. Look, VAR wasn't brought in for everything to be 100% right. It was brought in to make the game more accurate. It's the same with goal line technology, to make the game more accurate. Because if that ball bursts the back of the net and that signal or that beep doesn't go off, do you think the referee is going to turn around and say no goal? Oh, exactly. Like I, I think... The thing about replaying this game and how rubbish I think that is, is purely based on the fact, okay, then do we replay the Palace game? Does the England-Germany game from 2010 where, was it Lampard had a ghost goal? Does that get replayed? <laughs> yeah, 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 do you yeah, bring yeah, people yeah. out of retirement? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, uh, what, do you go back to probably, like, Pele's day? And I'm sure there was probably a game back then that was unjustifiably ruled in a certain favor. Like, it's an imperfect game, and I think that's why we all love it. But yeah, let's let's move on from that because there were some good uh, points to talk about from a Villa standpoint. We'll just brush over this quickly, guys, and then we'll get on to the uh, Chelsea preview because, of course, we play them on Sunday, and this is coming out on Saturday. Um, with us moving on to a more positive note, Danny, how do you think we um, did coming out of the block because honestly, I would probably say for around the first 20, 25 minutes, we were much the better side. Yeah, I'd say so. I think we, I think we came out really strong. Actually, I thought, I thought we, we looked like we were on the front foot to start with. I think uh, Connor Harahan was getting his, getting himself about. David Luiz stringing together some passes. Grealish, albeit actually taking some time to settle in. On the other hand, um, I thought. Courtney Hawes was, was 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 quite strong at bringing the ball out of defence. Uh, but I think the guy that shined for me was Keenan Davis. His pressing and his pushing of that Sheffield United defence was, uh, was, was really nice to see. He was already getting himself into positions, turning the defenders around. And I think we had this conversation before that... Um, you know, Davis. Davis is good at that kind of thing. If it, like he was the perfect striker to bring in when uh, it's the first game back, first game back, and those defenders aren't sharp. Uh, but definitely he was the bright spark for me. Um, just unfortunate that he that he you know messed up one of those opportunities in the eleventh minute. Um, a lot of people having a go at his finishing. Yeah, I think a lot of people say he has absolutely no finishing ability. Um, I think as a striker, and to make it that far, you have to have something about you at least. So I think that's a little harsh. Um, I, I think when you're looking I don't think at that's this true. too. Yeah, like, see, when you go to the 11th minute and he misses that, what many people would say is an open goal, he's throwing his body at it. Would some fantastic strikers put that away with ease? Yes. Is he a fantastic striker? yet to be seen in his young career i think with this being his first premier league start it's a lot of pressure too but on an overall scale i'm highly impressed i think the biggest shame out of this game for not even keenan davis but supporting keenan davis i should say would just be hit the overall support like you look at the wingers you have jack doing his own thing and we all know if if Grealish gets marked out of the game a little too much, it mm. basically falls apart for Villa. You look at the right Al Ghazi going on about how he has 2% less body fat here and there and all that <laughs> stuff. And yeah. somehow he looks even less bothered than pre coronavirus. 
it's kind of interesting because you have these wingers where you're thinking, okay, hold it, let him hold it up, bring it to you, and they can expand down the wings or cut in and then allow Keenan Davis to get in the box or provide some further support. But he looks so isolated, Danny. I think think where we went wrong was at fullback position, uh, personally. I think think we're we're usually quite strong because we have the overlap. Because Grealish yeah. and El Ghazi aren't, aren't particularly wide wingers, but you know you, you see you see Gilbert, you see Matty Target kind of bombed forward. Konza was the wrong choice at right back, uh, my in, in my opinion. Look, I think I think I think you know clearly Dean Smith is going to be rotating the squad, uh, and it's understandable. I, I personally think El Mahamedi probably starts against Chelsea. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's you know he's, he's rotating the squad around. Gilbert was in, was was injured, obviously not unavailable, but but Konza being dragged out. You know, unable to go forward, really, just doesn't have the capabilities to do that. He's a centre half, uh, and and I think that made it, you know, really a struggle for El Ghazi, and especially on that right hand side because you've got John McGinn in there who, uh, look, wasn't at his best, but it's what you expect. He needs to get minutes under his under his belt, um, and then you've got uh, and then you've got a centre back out there, right back. I think I think we we really did lose that right hand side. Uh, but you know, on that, I mean, what what, what did you think of Konza and, and, and McGinn? Because those were the two, I'd say, really interesting, um, like other first first team picks for Dean Smith. Well, I'm pretty sure Dean Smith came out and said like the squad that started was probably the best um, eleven that he could pick from in terms of what he saw in a um, coronavirus like uh, training camp, if you want to call it such. Um, a little weird. I'm thinking Elmo probably wasn't as fit. And then of course you have, uh, Gilbert as well. Um, who obviously is, is in training by himself, uh, post injury. Um, so it, it's a funny one. Cause if we looked at this initially, I think probably most fans probably looked at it thinking, are we playing three at the back? Or are we playing five at the back? What's exactly going on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of confusion there. <sighs> It's kind of hard to be harsh on Konza when you're thrown into something you're uh, not really super comfortable with. You can only make do. But to be honest, he played, what, 76 minutes? He could have done a lot worse. Uh, Going on to McGinn quickly, I I do applaud that because I think some managers would have eased him in and maybe given him a few games to get back to that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the man did play 76 minutes as well, and I think that's good to see because... We don't really have time to wait, and I do applaud that for McGinn being comfortable enough to throw himself in, and Dean Smith feeling comfortable enough to do that as well. No, totally, totally, and it and it means you know when when we do look ahead to the Chelsea game, when we do look ahead to the to the rest of the games that you know we'll, we'll have a we'll have a, a sharper John McGinn. Um, yep. I think I think as well. Yeah, that midfield was a bit funny, but I think they dealt with Sheffield United's width. Um, as best as they possibly could, but I, even then, I think I thought I think we were really sort of outplayed midfield-wise. That you know that them having those five players essentially across that midfield, they they controlled every aspect of it, particularly particularly the wings. Um, but I, I I can see why I can see why he went with the with the two kind of wider midfielders and McGinn and or, or Huran rather than rather than Nakamba. But yeah, I, I think I think in general it was. It was really a stalemate of a game. I just wish, as ever, that we capitalised early on because then the second half comes along and we, we we were back in the habit of sitting deep. Well, I think that's the biggest probably issue with Villa this season is we have these little spurts throughout a game. Either we start completely off the block, um, full speed ahead, or we just don't show up at all, or it could be a variety of 
coming and going throughout a game. But anyways, whatever it is, we just don't seem to capitalize on the opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming becoming a concern now. Like I'll take the point. It, it's a, a definitely a valuable point right now because if you look at the teams above us, we're only a point off a few uh, goal difference in mind. But uh, yeah, anyways, what you're gonna say, Danny? No, I was gonna say. Well, you know, you, you take the point, but you know that 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 on another day, that pre-quarantine is a two-nil defeat because. Yeah. Uh, the, the 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 Sheffield United make no mistake about it they 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 scored they scored not record, not recorded as a goal but we we let one in there Neeland who um by the way I don't think had a bad game uh you know him getting barged into the post by one of our defenders was just a like, comedic uh and then <laughs> typical <laughs> yeah typical Corny Hawes who this is this is what this is what kind of typifies a Villa performance here. Corny Hawes, who otherwise had a very good game in general, right, played really well, I think. But, um, you know, if if looking ever so slightly out of out of position and, and slightly uncomfortable, he misplaces a pass. In fact, you know, plays Ollie McBurney straight through. That's, you know, that is exactly, exactly why we're in the position we're in, because there's been too many moments like that. And I really, really hope that, um, hope those moments go away, because if they don't, like, that's what's going to relegate us. Yeah, I, I, it, it's kind of funny because if you would have played this game uh, without any coronavirus and the season would have presumed as it should have, you'd probably say this is an automatic loss. Like, I think we were pretty well, I think you can agree, Danny, we were pretty well dead and buried at that point. Uh, the morale wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. A five, five defeats before this. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like the whole cup run was the only main focus. I think, I hate to say it, but I feel like Although it was a positive light, I feel like it was almost the wrong thing to focus on. Well, the cup run was like a was like polishing a turd. Basically, <laughs> basically. yeah. That's what it was. I'm actually I'm pretty sure if you look, was it Wigan that when they won the FA Cup didn't that they go down that year too? Like, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, yeah. I couldn't care less about I couldn't care less about winning a cup if if it's at the expense of relegation. Yeah, like you kind of have to have your priorities. Like I'll take the wins, like it's great, it's fun, but at the end of the day, your first season back and what should probably be for a couple seasons or maybe a few is survival and building that team and moving forward. And I'm not dashing anyone's feelings here, I hope, but <laughs> it's the way it is. Like I'm sure some people are going to say, "What are you talking about? That was great." Like you're being so negative, but at the same time, like the priorities just don't really seem to be there but anyways we'll we'll move on here we'll we'll get on there there's not much to talk about with a nil no i feel like we're just uh kind of brushing over too many things but danny without further ado uh who is your man of the match um i am going to go with i think i said i think i said jack Grealish the other day you know but i think matty target as well had a, had a really solid game I, th- I think there was three players for me who had solid games i'd say i'd say keenan davis jack Grealish, and matty target all had pretty solid games. Um, I'm going to go with, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go with Matty Target. I think he did well um, defending against um, against Baldock on the right hand side, and I think that he he came forward and and, and put in some decent deliveries as well. So uh, yeah, I'll probably go with him. So uh, I think it's probably Matty Target for me. Matty Target, fair enough. I think it's the new hair that's breeding that confidence for him, so it's good to see. Um, it, it's lovely to see some of these haircuts, by the way, because you don't, you haven't probably seen some of these since like the mid two thousands. Um, so I don't know what he was wearing. Yeah. What yeah. Was that? 
I don't know. Even Grealish's hair was a little uh, interesting. <laughs> no, Grealish's hair was awful, dude. Like I, I've always supported the man's hairstyles. I've always supported him. Um, like I'm but, pretty sure he could have got a trim. Like <laughs> I know it's pandemic time, but I'm pretty sure he could have managed if he really wanted to. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he wanted. I think that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. For man of the match for me, uh, I think it has to be pretty easy. I'd have to give it to Keenan Davis. Actually, okay. you know what am I talking about? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Is it oh, easy? Yeah, but you know, before I said Douglas Louise, and now I kind of want to give it Keenan Davis. Davis. Um, no, let's go Douglas Louise. I can't go back on myself here. Um, main reason I, I say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I always go back on myself. It's a it's a typical Cole thing to do. Um, but yeah, Douglas Louise for me. Uh, didn't really put a foot wrong. Uh, cleared the ball when necessary. Yes, he got the yellow card, so people probably say he put a foot wrong there. But it was kind mm-hmm. of a a needing foul at that point. Um, was really impressed with him, obviously, because I feel like some games he's a passenger. Um, and I feel like on Wednesday, he kind of went beyond that and kind of became and displayed some of the qualities of the player that we need. And to be honest, uh, more of that to come. And hopefully it's one of the reasons why we stay up. But uh, anyways, Danny, we'll move on to the uh, Villa Chelsea preview now. We're going to combine these probably for the rest of the season, guys, just in terms of timing and how things are uh, moving on, because Villa's schedule is basically Wednesday slash Saturday or Sunday uh, for the rest of the season. So you might as well combine it. You'll get a little bit more of each in a bite-sized form. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. But anyways, we go to Villa Park on Sunday uh, facing Chelsea. Um, Going to be an interesting one tactically. It's basically 4-3-3 versus 4-3-3. Um, so with that being said, it's I think a lot of people are going to assume it's going to be open. Uh, hard to say. Chelsea obviously haven't played yet, so it's going to be interesting to see how they line up and see if they've changed anything over the last uh, 90 days or so. But uh, <laughs> Danny, before we really dive in, you, into it, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Chelsea's going to be a, a rough one because they were in really good form actually heading into this. Uh, so that, that they were just starting to pick up some real form because they'd um, just beaten Liverpool, obviously. I know it was in the FA Cup, but they'd beaten Liverpool uh, and then had that 4-0 win over Everton, you know, really starting to look dominant. I've always thought with that Chelsea side, they've got so much potential that just isn't unlocked. Um, you know, they've got Mason Mountain there who's been in fairly good form. Uh, Ross Barkley as well, who was in you know, was in pretty decent form too, and you just kind of wonder which one of their young lads is going to turn up in the game against us, right? But I think, I think you look at them and you think, well, is there when is there a better time to play them? Because they've not played yet. We had our game against Sheffield United midweek. This is Good Chelsea's point. first game back. You know, Dean Smith could look at this in one or two ways. Let's uh, either let's shut it down, let's go five at the back. Let's try and make sure they don't score. Let's make it difficult for them. Let's slow the game down. You know, not let them play at the tempo they want to play at. Or Villa come bursting out and try and uh, force an error on the part of um, Kurt Zuma or, or Rudiger, who are likely to start. Yeah, no, I think that's actually a really good point. If you look at it this way, too, it's the whole uh, atmosphere, or should, should I say lack of. Uh, Villa have played without anyone there basically Chelsea haven't and I'm not saying that they don't know really what to expect 
but at the same time I am because it's almost like you're playing a training game. It's completely different. These players are definitely used to that um, in their youth team careers, um, under 23s, whatever you want to call it there. Um, mm. All those varieties of different teams as you come up through the ranks to being a professional. Um, uh, but this is completely different. And I, I think the interesting point I want to touch on right right now, Danny, is home advantage. Does it really exist? It's it's it, it's kind of weird because when you think of home advantage, you think of all your fans there to support you, to push you on, and to kind of get that motivation for the team to win. Essentially, that's what you think of when you're a, a way traveling team going in a hostile environment, all that kind of stuff. We're we're also not seeing that, and we're seeing fake crowd noises, and uh, we're seeing. Uh, fans on the screen reacting which i think is pretty nifty but uh what are your <laughs> thoughts on that is there even a home advantage anymore or is it pretty neutral no it's no home advantage i think we've seen it in the bundesliga as well like, hey, away teams are eating this season dude they are coming out to eat it's um what like there's, there's no fans behind them uh i think you can pretty much motivate yourselves in whatever way you want like yeah, the only the only thing you might think of is well, you know, we're used to playing on this pitch and we have done for, you know, for the past, you know, year or two, but I think I think it kind of goes out the window without the fans there. I mean, the fans on the screen for me is a totally weird idea. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure I like it. Um, really? Well, I I think I think it looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like but I'm not going to say I don't, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy it. Yeah. It's funny to see. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, to be fair, in a totally rude way, I did like that one Sheffield United fan losing his mind, like, absolutely red in the face when that didn't happen. Like, that was pretty funny. That's meme-worthy. Um, I think it's a good idea, but I think it could be... I think you'd be done in a better way. I think that's what we're trying to get at. I think you would agree, Danny. I think, like... I don't think there's a way to do it in a better way. I don't know. Like, I like the thought of it because, like, you can't be there as a fan. But you know what? At least they're doing something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. do applaud that. They could have done nothing. So, like, no. I do appreciate that. Like, I think the worst example of it was at the, I think it was the City Arsenal game. And it was, like, literally right behind the goal almost. And I'm thinking, yeah, like, yeah, if you're an imposing striker bearing down on goal, like, is that not going to throw you off? You have a giant head staring at you. Or yeah, giant no, exactly. heads. Yeah, like, it's... What if- uh, yeah. What if somebody decided to like flash on the screen, like whilst, <laughs> whilst somebody was still on goal? <laughs> just, just flashes a nipple or something. Like. <laughs> I don't know. What I, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure like they'd be. I you'd hope they'd be pretty quick to cut something like that out. Yeah, but, you know uh, so. You know so. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at the past, there's been like people banned from stadiums because they've got their knobs out before. So wasn't there a Newcastle fan that did that? I think well, it was at a cup be, game. You should be yeah. in the stadium if you yeah. did something. Like <laughs> well, I know you can get excited. You don't have to get that excited. But anyways, we'll uh, we'll move on to more Villa Chelsea-like things. <laughs> <laughs> Lineup-wise, how are we feeling about this, Danny? Because like we said before, Elmo probably has to start. Do you think we go 4-3-3? Or do you think we change it up here? Because I said this on Twitter yesterday. I am dying to see um, a Davis-Samata combination. Yeah. I just think... Those two together, uh, a great player that can do as much hold-up play as he wants with someone who is uh, great at running onto the balls and creating chances in Samata. I just think it's a good combination. Yeah, listen, personally, screw the wingers, right? Because I'm telling you this right now. Yeah, Jack Grealish on the left-hand side, 
uh, El Ghazi on the right hand side. They're not getting past Alonso and Nasbilaqueta. They're just they're just not going to. Uh, Grealish Grealish is great. Don't get me wrong. I don't think his skill at the moment is um is is dashing through defenders. He's he, he struggled with that in the last game. I think what I think where you need Grealish right now is in the number ten role. Personally, uh, if if it was me picking it and this is like total fantasy, I I'd go with three at the back, four in midfield. Grealish behind Samata and Davis. That's an ideal world for me because I think we need to be narrow here. Because you're talking about a midfield that's likely going to include Kante, Kovacic, um, you know, possibly Mason Mount in there as well. There's going to be energy there, and uh, I worry that we might get might get uh, run through there. So if we can if we can kind of, I would be tempted to play Nakamba and McGinn or Nakamba and Louise. Uh, but behind Jack and ask Jack to drop back if need if need be, basically. Yeah, I was thinking more of a five three two. Um, reason I say that it gives you enough protection at the back. It gives so, you wing backs who can push up. You know, Target likes to get those crosses in. Elmo actually has an excellent delivery. Uh, that's a oh, good, yeah, totally. good reason for that. And it also gives you it gives if you put Tyrone in the middle, it also gives him more opportunity to move the ball around if he needs to. And I think it would take the pressure off of someone like Hawes to really get the ball a lot, too. It gives him a little bit more cover. I think that's a positive because I think mm-hmm. we all know that he's not the most um, in basically um, comfortable defender on the ball. If I want to say it politely. And yeah. then, of course, the midfield, you could go with, like you said, you could go holding, you could go Nakamba, Louise behind, Grealish in the middle, or obviously McGinn, Nakamba, whatever combination. Grealish is in the middle, that's the main point, and a little diamond in the midfield. He does like to come back, so there's that to consider. But he comes back anyways, no matter where he is, so I don't really think that's a concern. I think the main point for you and me, Danny, is up front, it gives someone, it gives the striker to play off someone else, and that's what yeah. we're missing. Totally, totally. I think I think that's it. You know, you look at Davis's press, and then you look at Samata. God, that could work so well. Like some uh, Davis's press was great, but he was isolated. You know, even if you wanted to play like a Vasilev, who who who's, who's great at pressing as well. Well, um, that's that's what I mean though, because we're gonna have nine people on the bench. You have five substitutions. If you're gonna play a formation that's um, we're gonna require a little, lot more cardio, it's fine right now. You yeah, have and five it, chances to change that. You can change your whole midfield. I think that's a key thing as well. Like especially against a team like Chelsea, who 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 are known to just, you know, they they can absolutely, uh, you know, they they're like a brick wall sometimes. Um, and uh, and we we know we know that they've got so many strong and powerful players in that team too. You know, I'm talking about Marcus Alonso. I'm talking about um, I'm talking about Kante, who's you know not strong and powerful, but he's gonna <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna let you get through him uh, necessarily, right? Um. I think as well, yeah, it's, it's it's all about fitness. We've seen it. We've seen it in every league so far. The defenses which are lackadaisical, the midfields which are kind of walking through the game, they're getting torn to pieces. Cole, they are getting torn to pieces, and it's going to be all about energy against Chelsea. Yeah, I, I think the thing right now is uh, Wednesday, the Sheffield United match was such a. I don't know. It's such a weird game. Like it gave me such a weird feeling after that. I kind of figured after before that I'd either feel good or bad, and I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed. <laughs> so we're we're it's a gift honestly that we're three months kind of into all this pandemic stuff, and we didn't get relegated. None of that. And the the season one wasn't finished, and we didn't have to just go down without playing. Mm-hmm. I think we're pretty well blessed for that. 
Um, and to be honest, the break almost came at a perfect time for the club because, like we said before, morale was down and all that kind of stuff. The team does look reset, but I think the most interesting thing is going to come in this run of games because we do have some big games coming up. We still have Chelsea. We still have Liverpool. Um, United, I'm pretty sure again, uh, if I'm thinking off the top of my head, it's important, right? We just, we have to beat a big team. That's what I'm trying to say. We have to beat a big team. We have to do better against those sides. And the, the other thing is, I think, you know, the, the big thing right now as well is just finding goal scoring form. We're not going to, we're not going to beat them. We're not going to get, we're not going to get results against them unless we can remember how to score goals. We haven't scored in three games, Cole. Um, and, yeah. uh, and you know, that, that worries me too. I think the thing I want to see on Sunday, and I hope it happens, I would just love us to own the midfield. It's Chelsea, so I don't expect that. But I would like to see us throw our weight around in the midfield because it always seems like we get overran. And then we're putting way too much pressure on the defense, which puts way too much pressure on the goalkeeper. And it just kind of moves backwards from there. And we're just digging ourselves out with kind of hope and a prayer opportunities. Like, you're probably looking at a midfield of, let's say, like, Kovacic, Conte, Mason Mount. I don't know. Maybe they throw Ross Barkley whoever. They have yeah, a very Barkley, yeah. uh, tactical midfield. They're very flexible in their formation and in their shape. They're going to keep to it. We all know. Essentially, we know what to expect from Frank Lampard. We did this in May, last May. Yeah. So, obviously, that's Derby. This is Chelsea. A little bit different in quality, or a lot, you could say. But, um I think the main point is there is we just have to take some aspect of this game by the scruff of the neck and own that. Here's, and here's, here's, it's important. Here's my thing, Cole. I think if I'm Frank Lampard, my team talks pretty easy. Or my my my, my pre-match um my pre-match um, managerial talk is is pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I think what you do is against Villa if you're Chelsea is say okay, there's more quality in that Chelsea team anyway, right? Go out there, do what you can do. But I think you start Giroud. I think they start Giroud, sorry. Um, and and try to win set pieces. Because I think Villa again demonstrated, you know, with that <laughs> with that goal goal. Yeah. That they haven't sorted that out yet. And Chelsea are very good from set pieces. Very good from set pieces. So get Giroud in there. And I, I think I think Chelsea will, will you know they'll they'll be banking on that. Because if this turns into a rough fight because Chelsea, um, you know, aren't, aren't used to playing pretty football again because they've been off for so long. Even that goes against Villa. <laughs> so whichever way you look at it, the odds are stacked. Here's a good question, Danny. If you're Dean Smith going into this, how do you want this game to start? Like, you know what I mean? Mm. In the sense of, do you want it high tempo? Or do you want to just be pressing the hell out of them? Do you want to have all the possession? um a shock and awe kind of thing i guess we could say like for me i want to get that first quick goal i want us to start almost like it did against spurs yeah. i think my only worry with that though too it's it's a worry with everything with villa like whatever you're happy about you're also sad about um the only worry about that is too is sitting too much on the back foot but i think we just like i said before we just have to find some way to own some aspect of this game we can't be passengers too much because like I said before, we have big games coming up against big teams. And if we just sit back and absorb it, it never works. No, you're right. You're right. And look, Chelsea, as I say, we haven't they haven't played a game for so long, right? Get in get get stuck in, right, and, and, and work harder. That's it, they need to work harder. Uh, I don't think they worked hard enough in the last game, um, against Sheffield United. I think there was elements of it where they did. But I wanted to see more from El Ghazi. I wanted to see more I wanted to see more from Conor Howrahan as well. 
Um, so I think if they call, if they go out there, start showing some energy, that's great. Yeah, I think you make a good point. They've got to be able to kind of preserve that for the rest of the game. But this is a game that hasn't played. This is a team that hasn't played in so long. Go out there, tell them what it's all about. Show them we've been playing. We've been playing football. Show them we've you know we're we're into the competitive thing again. And if if Villa managed to get a goal early on, then you know heck. They, they they can really start to get some control over the game because um, Chelsea won't know what to expect. So yeah, exactly, yeah, that's I that's think, my thing. Yeah, I think the one thing I do want to touch on there is, do you like? Uh, I'm assuming we're probably going to play four three three as much as we want things to change. Um, it feels like uh, Dino's kind of set on his ways, and hopefully there's some something up his sleeve that we're not suspecting. But anyways, um, I think the thing I want to touch on is El Ghazi. Do you think he deserves to start again? No, he doesn't start no. next game. I think no. Trezeguet. I think Trezeguet comes out and starts next game. Uh, he, he showed nothing, El Ghazi, to suggest that he should start again. He showed yeah. zero, zero, zero um, that he that he deserves to start again. Uh, I expected him to do a lot better because every time he's out the team and he comes back, he shows uh, he shows that he can um, they can come back from it but look i think i think against sheffield united it was a bit of a gimme you know they he could have done better because ender stevens was so far forward through that whole game you know there was there had to be a point where he was able to exploit that left hand side but it never happened uh, and that's a sheffield united team without jack o'connell there too so i wanted to see more from him. Uh, but but i did but you know clarifying it on i don't think he had an awful lot of support that game so maybe yeah. if el if el mohammedy's back in the team then 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 maybe it goes a little bit different because uh yeah, if Konza's playing right back again, then whoever's playing on that on that right hand side is gonna is gonna struggle. Yeah, I think you can expect better uh, ball movement too, with uh, and just kind of better movement overall with Elmo in the team compared to basically a center back playing right back. So um, I I think that's pretty self justified. But it would be nice to the thing with El Ghazi though. I think he's it's such a confidence thing with him, and like you know what I mean. If he gets that one yeah. flick off, if he gets skills at one player and gets buy him but i think like if he does that he's basically set for the rest of the game you can't really stop him and we've no. seen that before but it's almost like if that first one doesn't come off it's like oh well you know what it's gonna be a long day and <laughs> it gets frustrating too, too easy yeah there's too much of that in there but uh anyways danny let, let's uh wrap it up here is there anything uh you want to mention before we do score predictions i don't think so dude like i think i think um yeah, I think we've covered everything. Plus, plus, I think I think the listeners of the podcast are going to be all podcasted out, you know, by the end of all this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, but no, I think I think I think uh, it's just going to stay positive for now. Going to stay positive for now. I, I I I think I felt a bit numb after that Sheffield United game because uh, on the one hand I didn't think we played very well, but on the other hand I'm just happy football's back. I'm just happy I got to watch a Villa game and I'm happy that I wasn't crying at the end of it. <laughs> let's go with your score prediction then all right so i think um i think uh whilst generally i'm uh i'd like to be more positive i think i've got to put my thinking cap back on i've got to put my pundits cap back on and kind of give you something realistic realistically we're conceding from set pieces in this game uh and i still can't see any reason um after that performance against sheffield united uh why the team will end up scoring again because we've we haven't scored for three games that pressure's still going to be on them i'm going to go two nil chelsea i'm going to go two nil chelsea it'll be a solid performance for for frank lampard's boys back out there again 
Uh, I don't think Tammy Abraham will be the scorer. I think we're going to see a Giroud header um, and potentially uh, one of the defensive mistake. But that's it. I don't want to be too negative, even though I realized that was a scathing review. <laughs> uh, I just want to be honest. This is how I see the game going. Yeah, what well, you? you know what, though? I think Chelsea pre-coronavirus, I think they beat like Everton 4-0. They did. And then, yeah, and then before <laughs> that, I think they beat Liverpool 2-0 in the yep. cup or something like that. Yeah, yep. um, yeah. Uh, they're not leaking goals, but I guess that was three months ago. It's so tough because usually you base it off their last game. You go off something, but it's been so long. It's almost like the season's just starting again. Yeah, listen, just just be glad there's no new signing Timo Werner. That's next season. That's when they're the real threat. Oh, God. And was it uh, they have another one, too, from Ajax? And I can't remember. Is it Zayek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, thank God it's not next season. If we're still in the Premier League next season, we'll see it. Um, but anyways, I will go... You know what? I, I say we shock and awe. I think we go one all. I'll, I'll take it. It's unrealistic, shock but why all. not? One That's all. a shock and awe. <laughs> have we even drawn against the top side this season? I will take that right now. Cole, I, to be honest, right, Villa, at this moment in time, any team going up against Chelsea... Um, sorry, going up against uh, a team that's played less games than them, you know, purely because of that fitness aspect, they should be winning. Um, that's that's the way I see it. I don't care yeah. how much better Chelsea are. You know, if um, if this was Villa playing, if this was Villa playing their first game back against a you know mid-table Championship side, you know you'd, you'd worry if if that if that mid-table Championship side had played a game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I'm gonna stay one-one. I think you know what we we go up to what was it. 27 points so <laughs> hopefully other teams drop points and then we're all tied and then it goes take down the goal difference i'll take it like then we play newcastle so like there's always a chance there to build off that and i think you know what if you were to ask me if i'd take a draw against sheffield united and then chelsea going into newcastle you'd probably take it so hmm, I, I think for I? that it's a building block and i think that's important scoring a goal is one and I think at least getting something and not just blowing it away, um, circa Liverpool, Arsenal, uh, Spurs, basically twice this season, um, is a positive in my eyes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think, I think uh, if we can grab a goal, I think it will. I think it would mean something. But I think we're getting to that point. Uh, we are at that point now, Cole, where we we really need to start picking stuff up. Because other teams around us are doing well against top opposition. You know, other teams around us are getting those lucky wins. We can't be unlucky every single time. And that's the problem. That's become a habit for us. And we, we really need to change that. We need to get a we need to get a win against Chelsea. You know, we've, we've had our step into Sheffield United. Now show us the desperation. Now show us that you don't want to go down. Uh, and there's no excuses now. I just think there needs to be a sense of urgency and accountability. And I think... Uh, no matter what happens going down or staying up, um, just a real fight would be appreciated. But, you know, guys, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Danny for joining me. If you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Razajurno. You can find me, Cole Petum, on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. Of course, if you want to interact with us, tweet us at 7500 to Holt. Of course, we are in association with the website www7500 toholtcom If you want to email us your thoughts, questions, whatever, it's Holtcast pod at gmail.com and all together we make up the holt cast and don't forget guys up the villa huge result on sunday please <laughs>